Hello, hello, and welcome to the 115th episode of the Mostly Soccer Podcast. Today is July 1st at 5.09 p.m. sharp. My name is Michael J. Dalo, and I am here with Jimmy. Jimmy what today? Uh, I am Jimmy Coffee Pot, because I don't know if you hear it, the coffee pot is the loudest coffee pot in America right now. I don't hear the coffee pot, thankfully. Uh, hopefully our listeners won't be hearing it. But uh, well, um, I, I need that fuel. I need the fuel to to start talking about all that's happened this week, because boy, did a lot change since the last time we recorded. Yes, it has. Uh, some things for the better, some things for the worse. Yes. And uh, oh, man, I mean, where to begin, Jimmy, is the question, because luckily we don't have any news to talk about outside of soccer this week. It's just going to be strictly soccer content as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Um, but I think we have to start in our home, in the Premier League, right? We have to start by saying congratulations to the champions, the champions that nobody wanted. <laughs> congratulations, Liverpool, on your title. The title that you had won since, I don't know, the third week of the season. When was it close the last time? Yeah, it was a long, long time ago. It, it feels like forever ago. But uh, congratulations, Liverpool. You 100% deserved it. Great team, great performance. Um, yeah, you deserve it. Your fans can, you know, be a little annoying at times, but it does not take away from how amazing the team was, how much they just destroyed the league this season. I mean, you look at it right now. Two draws and one loss. 28 wins. I mean, that's that's wild. How many losses did you one say? Loss. One oh. loss. Oh. There is one. <laughs> not there in, is one. Not invincible, though. Is the not point. invincible. When you when you have to deal with Ismail Assar and Troy Deeney, you can't be invincible. That's fair. Um, but, yeah, on, on a serious note, amazing, incredible season by Liverpool. The likes of one that we probably won't see again for a very long time. Um, it, they deserve all the praise that they get. Their fans uh, are tearing up the city, or they were at least, by the time they won the title last week. And um, congratulations to them. But I don't want to talk anymore about that, Jimmy, because it's just making me sad. Yeah, yeah, no, we, we, we did our part. We said congratulations, gave the credit. Now we can move on and never talk about them again. That's true. All right. So, Jimmy, before we get into the Premier League action... Did you want to hit on some of the world news going on as far as transfers, uh, different leagues? Absolutely. So let's start with the the transfer that blew my mind. I still don't quite understand it. Makes no sense to me. Um, I don't know if it's official official yet, but it, it's done. Hakimi going to Inter Milan? Yeah. What? It, it's, it's basically done. Uh I think Real Madrid are very foolish to let him go. I think Hakimi is one of the better up-and-coming right backs in the world. Um, and he's so young. And Carvajal is, is becoming of age. I don't know why they let this one happen. Yeah, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that he forced it through. I don't think Real Madrid said, you know what we want to do? We want to sell one of the best young right backs in the world. We don't want him. I think he wanted to move. I think in – I want to get your thought on this, Michael. But I do think Inter is actually a really good move for him in terms of style of play. 
playing in that wingback Antonio Conte system really suits him, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Inter is going to be a great spot for him. And Inter is a a hot spot for a lot of players right now. I mean, they, they signed everyone last year, and it looks like they're going to try and do the same this summer. So I think he's going to fit in. I think he would have fit in at Real Madrid, too. But um, I, I think Inter are getting a, a very, very good player and a good deal here. Yeah, I mean, I think the price, too, when you look at the price, is very reasonable. 40 million euro is just... I, I think it's a steal, quite frankly. Um, the thing that surprises me, I mean, if I was Dortmund and it was actually a possibility he wasn't going to Real Madrid, I would have been working a lot harder to try to make it a permanent deal. Yeah, I agree. Um, but another transfer that's happening that also looks like a bargain is Sané to Bayern Munich, the one that we knew was coming for a very long time. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, I mean, this is the thing. We, we Like you said, we've known this for about a year now. Probably if it was not for his injury... Last season in the um, the Community Shield, he probably would have went there last August. Um, I mean, it's a great move for Bayern Munich. Leroy yeah, Sané is one of my favorite players. Extremely exciting. Uh, the The idea of having to deal with Leroy Sané and Alfonso Davies possibly down the same flank is nightmare-inducing. That is terrifying. Like, is that not the, that has to be the fastest duo you have ever seen. Like, that's, that's just crazy. I truly feel bad for the Bundesliga. Because it looked like, at least at the beginning of this year, Bayern maybe were finally aging out of their dominant team. And then adding a player like Sané to that now. And I mean, we've seen Serge Gnabry this season step up. We've seen Alfonso Davies become one of the best left backs in the world out of nowhere. Yeah. And just this this team, just, you know, they're evolving. Pavard is coming to his own now that he's got through the injuries. Uh, I think Lucas Hernandez, once he can finally be fit and get a run and will solidify his space. I just think this Bayern team is quickly, uh, they're refueling. They found a way to refuel and reload while still winning in the process. Yeah. Um, and a good, like you just said, Bayern, they reload and they reload well, unlike uh, a team like Barcelona, who also made a transfer this week. Uh, an odd one, to say the least. They transferred away the 23-year-old Arthur. Uh, is that how you say it? Is it Arthur or Arthur? I, I call him Arthur like the uh, the TV character. All right, I'll call him Arthur, uh, just to not have to say Arthur like that. Um, but they sent him away to Juventus in a swap deal for Pjanic. Yes. The 30-year-old Pjanic for a 23-year-old Arthur. Does that make any sense? Uh, no. Nope. I, I honestly don't get it. And I, I actually, I know the reasoning it was apparently, um, and it's, it's really just a financial decision for the board, for their own safety. So what they did was, when you buy a player in a transfer, you don't have to necessarily put all that fee at once. You can spread it over multiple years. Think of yeah. like the Nicolas Pepe transfer. So my understanding is they were able to get all the money for Archer in at once. And now I call him Archer. Uh, <laughs> money in at once. And then they're spreading the Pjanic cost over four years. All right. So it was just a financial way to balance the books. That yes. was really the, the reason for this move. 
because I, I like Pjanic. I think Pjanic is a very good player, but I, I almost think he's past his prime. Yeah, I, I mean, when you're like, 30 years old. Yeah, yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with being 30 years old. But I mean, oh, there's a lot wrong with being 30. 20, 23 is much better. That's me versus you, Jimmy. You're 30, I'm 23. I mean, this is a no-brainer. That always made it personal. Now I don't think this at all. Now I'm in. Pjanic, he's a way to go. He's, a, yeah. he's grizzled. He has experience. <laughs> but well, I, I just do find it weird. I find it very odd. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. It's just, it didn't seem like Arthur wanted to leave either. From all accounts, he was trying to stay at Barcelona mm-hmm. and to ship him out of all people, as opposed to a Coutinho or an Antoine Griezmann, players that you don't really need. Even a Luis Suarez, who you could just replace with someone on your team already, Antoine Griezmann. It's it's just an odd, odd move. Cool. And Barca continue their, their very steady decline. Uh, Leo Messi does his best with his 700th goal in uh, in his career, and they continue to lose, draw, and they are falling behind in La Liga. And it looks like they've handed the title to Real Madrid at this point. It does look that way, I, and I do find I, I find the way that Barcelona's handled transfers recently to be very concerning. If you were dismal, Barcelona. it's dismal. It's not just concerning. I mean, my, my understanding is. Um, for example, Griezmann has been pretty much, by all accounts, flop this season. Yep. Griezmann, a player who I like a lot, but they're not playing in his his best position. Um, they're playing him off the wing, and it just it isn't it hasn't worked. And it's almost been a mirror of the Coutinho transfer, mm. a player who we all know is a great player who is just not it's just not working at Barcelona. Um, well, because they keep buying them, players who play in the same position. Yeah, well, they, and they also keep buying them for ridiculous prices. Yeah, and paying them wages that make it impossible for them to move on. I, I believe Antoine Griezmann is the fourth highest played player in the world. Right I wouldn't now. doubt that. Um, who are you going to? Where is he going to move? The only team that he could possibly move to is PSG. It's the only team in the world. <laughs> Because and the only reason for that is not because of obviously PSG and the money, but it's because he's a French World Cup winner. They're, yeah. Like that is the only place I could see him possibly going. So I think they're going to be stuck with him. And I could see this turning into another situation like we've seen with Coutinho and we've seen with another 100 million plus player, Dembele, who they've, they're just stuck with. And they're resorting to loaning them out which is essentially just admitting we spent so much money on this player and they get paid so much that we don't want them, but we can't afford, no one can afford to buy them. Yeah. So we I, just have to let them play for free for somebody else. Yeah. Uh, Barcelona has done awful business. I, I think the last good transfer they made was Frankie de Jong. And aside from that, there really hasn't been one. Maybe mm-hmm. Braithwaite, the, the man who they got outside of the transfer window. But... <laughs> Aside from that, they just overpay, and the players don't fit in because they all play the same position. You can't fit them in, and not to mention the coaching is terrible. So Barcelona have issues now, and uh, I I think we can probably leave it at that and move into the Premier League. Yeah, I I, I agree. I do want to say back to the Leroy Sané thing a bit. We did get a question, I believe, like a week ago now asking me about City transfers. Yeah, and now that Sane's moved 
moved on or about to move on. Pep basically confirmed today that it's going to be done. Um, I kind of want to pick your brain on this, Michael, but one that keeps coming up and has me very excited and people are mixed on it is Koulibaly. Koulibaly just turned 29 years old, so he's up there in age a bit. But he is a center back, which is, a you know, outside of goalkeepers, probably the position that you can be elder and continue to deliver at a high level. I think that he is a must sign for City. I think it makes all the sense in the world to help them win now. City have a lot of young players. Uh, Eric Garcia, who I, I rave about all the time, will be there. I think if you can get two to three world-class years from Koulibaly, even if you only get two, and you're probably going to sign him to a four- or five-year deal, if you get two world-class years and you get two good ones and maybe one just okay year, I think that's a great transfer, even if it costs you $80 million. The ability of pairing him with Laporte would make all the difference in the world compared to playing John Stones and playing Otamendi. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it's like you said, if you're trying to win now, um, which they probably should with the team that they have, De Bruyne, Sterling, uh, Pep. Pep in charge is a huge piece of that. Um, and that's not going to be forever, and who knows how much longer that will last. So, mm. yeah, I mean, Kudabali is obviously a great player. Uh, I don't watch him that often so I can't speak to how well he would work in that system but um, I know just hearing about him that he's a great defender and said he just need a great defender I don't know if they even need another great passer of the ball in the middle middle of the field so if the goal is to win now then yeah I think that's a very smart transfer as opposed to going for someone younger who you need to breed like maybe in uh, Upamecano like Arsenal are trying to sign yeah and I mean, and that's the thing is sometimes when you go with that player who is like they're ready to play for you now, but they have development to do. You that's basically what John Stones was when he came to City, and in a lot of ways he's never moved past that. Yeah, he he's yeah. he's fine. I honestly think John Stones is an okay player. He can be okay. He can have good moments, but he still has those moments when you just think, what are you doing? He's not and a Man City player. He's just not that quality. And I I I hope. That's the player I want to move on. I think they need to move on from him now while he still holds a decent value, being English, being relatively young still. I I think City could get decent value for John Stones, and I I think they need to take that chance right now. Yeah, I mean, if it funds a a move for Kudabali, then it seems like a no-brainer at this point. Yeah. And then sign a left back. Sign a left back and think of... Possible. I mean, I know they've been linked with AOR, which would be nice, but I think Foden will fill the silver role in a lot of ways. So I would rather look for maybe some type of attacker to replace Sane. But I think getting a left back and getting Koulibaly, hopefully Alex Tellez maybe as a left back would be awesome, especially because he's in the last year of his deal. So he could probably be got relatively cheap. All right. Did you have more to say? I didn't want to cut you off. I said, but we'll see. <laughs> I was going to say enough city talk because I thought you were done. I didn't mean it genuinely. No, but, I am done. Go ahead. It's fine. Right. I'll cry in the corner. <laughs> all right. So let's move on to the games that we missed in the Premier League. And we might have to bundle some of these together because a few of these teams, I think a lot of them played two games already since the last time we podcasted. So, Jimmy, let's start with one that I really want to talk about, and that's Leicester City. Uh, or the team formerly known as Leicester City, 
I just call them dead now. Um, they drew Brighton on Tuesday, the 23rd, and then today they lost 2-1 to Everton. Jimmy, you predicted the downfall of Leicester City. You've also predicted the downfall of Sheffield United since Project Restart. What is going on? I am a mastermind. <laughs> that's that's what's going on. Um, no, I, I think you're just seeing the effect of teams that are based off of, in a lot of ways, energy. And just going out there and wanting it more. And fighting. They need that crowd. They need that fan energy. I believed in that. And I think we're really seeing that. I think we're seeing it come to fruition that without that extra level, it's just hard to for these teams to execute the way they need to. Yeah, um, I mean, I think it's part of it. I think also both of these teams were on such amazing runs, and then it just abruptly ended, especially yeah, for Sheffield. Yeah, rhythm. Yeah. So the, the form's gone. <laughs> yeah, when you lose your form like that and you're a team that's really built off form, especially more, less so Leicester, more so Sheffield. But it, it's just not been good for them since the restart. I mean, we can we can just say that neither team has looked um, anywhere near what they had before. I mean, Leicester seemed like they have no bite going forward. And then on Sheffield, they, they've just been getting dismantled defensively. The only thing that they have is their long ball. And if you can execute uh, against that, I don't think Sheffield is a problem anymore uh, right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just... And, and, I mean, the thing is this. Sheffield, I think, really punched above their weight for a long time. They, they're a good team, but I, I don't think being, you know, fighting for Europe like they were was a realistic outcome come the end of the season, even if there wasn't a stop. So, I mean... If they finish top half of the table, that's still an amazing, amazing accomplishment. Yeah, agreed. Um, I, I don't know if I have any more to say about Leicester other than I'm, I'm disappointed. Uh, but like I said, they, they drew, they lost. And uh, in that first game, they played against Brighton, who they drew, obviously. And then Brighton also played against Manchester United yesterday and lost 3-0. Um so Brighton go two games without scoring a goal. I mean, I don't really have much to say about Brighton. This is kind of what you get from them. You get a win here and there, and then you play a team like United. You should expect them to lose. Mm-hmm. Can we? Do we have to talk about United then? I feel like we have to give some credit where credit is due. Lots of credit is due, Jimmy. Not just a little bit. A lot of credit, I think. Uh, they beat Brighton 3-0. They also beat Sheffield 3-0. So a good segue, but the Manchester United midfield is legit, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. It really is. They're actually, they look like a good team. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying it. They look good. Um, Pogba back, actually looking like he cares. Bruno Fernandes is the player we thought he was. I think both of us were high on him when they got him. Um, he's proven to be well worth the money. He's outstanding. <laughs> He's not just good, Jimmy. He's not just worth the money. He is, wow, every time I watch him, I am shocked how good he is. Yes. He's, Portugal are going to be a real problem come the Euros. Let that be known. They are going to be a real problem. Um, except if they play Jao Cancelo right back, because that guy stinks. <laughs> I want to make that known. He they got to play Cedric. Cedric Suarez. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but can I hype up someone from United? I can't believe I'm going to do this, but I've said this now. I think I said this for like a year now. I said, everybody talks about Rashford. The real young stud at United is who, Michael? Scotty McTominay. That's kind of, no, I do like Scotty McTominay. <laughs> not what I was going for. Try again. Uh, man. The real young stud at United. I, I, that was a genuine answer, Scotty McTominay. That is a good, that's a good answer, but it's Mason Greenwood. Tell, Mason well, Greenwood. <laughs> how long have you been saying that? A, a week? No, I no. We were talking about when you asked. Maybe like bef- this was January, probably well before uh, Corona time. Yeah. You were, when you were very, very excited about Saka, who we'll get to later. <sighs> you were saying who's the best young player in the Premier League. And I said, obviously, I said my boy, of course, the the young, the Stockport Iniesta, Phil Foden. But I said, the man I really actually like is Mason Greenwood. And this guy is really good. Yes. He, he is really good. And he just, he he's fearless. That's the thing with him and Fernandez. They are just, they go for everything. These are the two guys who are not afraid to try it. Yeah, I need to watch a little more Greenwood, but from the small pieces that I've seen of him, he's an excellent player. And he is a very good finisher, which is a hard find, especially that young. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I've just been blown away by the midfield from United the last few games. I know we, we've already said Bruno Fernandez, but Pogba, his addition back to the team has been huge. And then... I mean, they've just been scoring so often. I mean, granted, Brighton and Sheffield maybe aren't the best gauges of how good your team is. Um, granted, Arsenal couldn't beat uh, Brighton and almost lost to Sheffield over the weekend. But I'm 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 getting really concerned about the United revival. They're going to be really good, I think, for the coming years if they can get a few more pieces. I don't. I don't know what we're gonna do. Are we gonna have to respect United again? I think. I think we're going to have to. I can't believe I'm saying this. It's been so nice to just be able to laugh at them. We, we even yeah. had a segment, laugh at United, for a while. We're gonna have to disregard <laughs> that. Oh, hey, you know, we we said it was inevitable that they would come back around. I think that the most impressive thing, though, is I think we owe an apology <laughs> to Ole. He's yeah. kind of figured it out. He's, he's kind of has. Uh, <laughs> two points off the top four. Yeah. I mean, for his, it, it's just been a weird season. I've said this a hundred times, but for as bad as every team has been, uh, like United has been bad, Chelsea has even been bad, Arsenal and time and dismal. But they're, they're still two points off. So granted, the points total probably isn't, uh, as much as it would be in, in some years where you could say a team is actually doing well. But for the current standards, I mean, United are, are doing pretty well, especially with the early kind of mid-season woes that they've had. Yeah. That's the thing. It just, it's, it's like they actually have a real shot to make the Champions League. And I just think that's crazy considering where the season was at one point. Yeah, I, I think Leicester is going to fall out of their third spot for sure. Well, and Chelsea today, I mean, stumbled a bit today as well. Fuck Chelsea. Me and my homies hate Chelsea. Let's (laughs) talk about them. Uh, Earlier in the week, the mighty Chelsea defeats Manchester City 2-1 in an epic battle uh, with 100 goal line saves and inevitably Fernandinho slaps a ball out of the net. 
the South American way, a straight-up handball to deny a goal. And uh, Chelsea score on the penalty. Yep. Pulisic also scores that game. Yeah, Pulisic and, uh, toast Benjamin Mendy. Yeah. After Benjamin Mendy and Ilkay Gundogan just literally just make one of the biggest bonehead plays you could see. They did the you're going for it. Oh, I'm going for it. You're going for it. Like 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 they're kids playing in the backyard, not knowing who's gonna take the ball. It was uh, really really bad. That was terrible. And uh, let's just not gloss over the De Bruyne masterful free kick. Yeah. Oh, of course. I mean the guy. Guys, that he first of all he loves scoring great goals against Chelsea. He's got that vengeful like, oh, you're gonna you got rid of me every single time I play you. I'm always gonna do something amazing against you. But, yeah, just City were not at their best in this game. Playing without Aguero, who looks like he's going to be out possibly through the Champions League now, too, um, which leaves City a little shorthanded in the attack with uh, Aguero injured and Leroy Sané chilling out in uh, Germany. Yeah. Um, but staying on the topic of Chelsea, I mean, somehow they, they win this game against City that hands Liverpool the title. For some reason, Chelsea always decide the title. And then today, a sure thing, go out against West Ham, relegation candidates West Ham, and lose 3-2. And I had the displeasure of watching this game because I bet on Chelsea, so I was rooting <laughs> for them. They were the last team I needed to win. And Rudiger was absolutely dismal, Jimmy. I don't know if I've seen a defender play that bad since David Luiz against Manchester City. <laughs> so two weeks ago. I haven't seen yeah, anyone play that two bad. Weeks two ago. Weeks. <laughs> Pre-contract David Luiz. <laughs> yeah, not a great game. And West Ham came back and won, did, I believe, first time all season, Michael? Oh, first time all season. You're right about that. Um, <laughs> they did go ahead early on. They had a bullshit goal called back. Um, Mikel Antonio is laying on the ground after trying to get the ball. And, um, I mean, he's in the way, but they call him offsides. Uh, and West Ham have a goal taken away from them. But I guess what I want to take away from this game is that I hate Chelsea, my least favorite team on the planet. And that Christian Pulisic is as good as we think he is because he was tormenting West Ham the entire game. He 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 he's like really shockingly good. Like I I think for a long time he was maybe overrated by American fans just because we wanted him to be so good. Um but the more I see him play for Chelsea, the more he looks like one of their most threatening players. Like Yeah, I mean today really he definitely end. was. It's it's just he he is a it's just the way he plays. He is just a nonstop attack. Every time he gets the ball, he's trying to do something. And he's, again, kind of like I talked about with Greenwood and Fernandez. He just, he's fearless. He just goes at you nonstop over and over and over again. Um, yeah. We maybe not didn't even talk enough about how good he was in the City game as well. He, he would have scored a second goal in that game if not for the, the goal line clearance by Kyle Walker. I know, yeah. We forgot about the uh, the backflip that Kyle Walker <laughs> threw that one out. Um, but, I mean, Chelsea are just such an odd team because they can go and they can beat a team like Manchester City. Uh, and then 
they'll they'll lose a nothing game like this to West Ham that they dominate the entire time. And I think this team is just a lot about getting the players up for playing. I don't know why they're like that, but Chelsea always strike me as a team like if they are at high confidence, they can be world beaters. But just on a normal day to motivate them, they just seem a little bit difficult to do it. Yeah, I I just, I can I say this? Watching this game, watching West Ham find a way to get the result makes me think that they are going to stay up. And strictly for the reason that they have, they do have a great deal of talent on that team. And when I look at Norwich, I look at Bournemouth, I look at Aston Villa, I don't know if they have the same level of talent that West Ham has. Now, clearly it hasn't worked out for West Ham for some time, but there is talent there. I mean, you, you saw it. I mean, you saw it in this game. They have players who can create. It's just, are they motivated to actually do it? Yeah. I mean, I think West Ham are, we saw today that they're going to try their, their damnness to stay up. But I don't know what the direction of this team is if they do stay up, which I think they probably will end up staying up. Um, like, do they stick with David Moyes? I don't, I mean, the whole team's a mess. Their team is a mess. They're like a collection of individuals. They are not a team. Yeah. There's There are t- players who at other situations could be really good players. And they just, I think they just need to find a way to get out. They need like a full rebuild. Like they just need to ship people out. Like like this is the NBA and they're trying to get draft picks. <laughs> like they just need to move on. They're going to get draft picks and cap space. Yeah. West Ham are, are an odd one because they were so so like upper mid table for a few years and now they just had this this horrible And they've dip. spent a great deal of money. Right. That's the thing like they they have expensive players. Yeah. I feel like maybe just a year or two ago we were probably talking about them contending for top 4. Yeah. yeah at least they were. West Ham definitely thought that's where they were headed. Yeah. Uh weird weird stuff, but they get the win today, a huge 3 points and I know they have a pretty tough road ahead of them. But um, they're just going to be hoping that Bournemouth continue to struggle like they have over the past few games. Uh, they lose 1-0 to Wolves, and then they got absolutely smoked by wet, uh, Newcastle today, 4-1. Uh, I hate to say it, Jimmy, but Bournemouth, Bournemouth, yeah, Bournemouth. the Bournemouth, Bournemouth men, are, they're dead. They're dead. They're dead? They're dead. They're going down. I do think they're going down. I think they go. I think they are. I love Bournemouth. They did so well for so long, but I think they're starting to see the effect of just some really, really bad transfers. Spending twenty something million every year for whichever player Liverpool wants to get rid of wasn't a good transfer strategy after all. I mean, in in the fact that they just they're not playing, they won't play their best player because he's going to be leaving. So they just decided they're not going to play him. Yeah. Uh, it just it, It's tough. I feel very bad for them because they're a team that we like. We love Eddie Howe. We think Eddie Howe is a good coach. But this year, they just, they've had nothing. And like you said, maybe it is down to their best players not playing, wanting to leave. But for them to go down is going to be, it's going to be a sad loss for the league. And I, I think they're, they're, I mean, they're not done and dusted. They're, they're even on points with West Ham. They West Ham have a game in hand. They're one point behind. Uh, 
uh, Watford. But they'll be a, a sad loss to the league if they do yeah. go down. I will say this. If if it happens, I think this will be a team. West Ham will be the same way. Where you'll see them get picked apart. I think the majority of these players will remain in the Premier League and yeah. go different places. Like If you look at the team, Ake, Lerma, King, Brooks, Billing, Smith and Cook. Like all, there's a lot of guys who will probably be able to find jobs elsewhere in the league. Yeah, for sure. Except Jordan Ibe, because that guy <laughs> stinks. Jordan Ibe will be going to the championship. In the championship may be too high a level for him. <laughs> oh, man. Remember his expectations. Good times. Um, but let's stay on the topic of Newcastle. They got a 4 0 win today. They drew 1 1 against Villa. And they also lost to City uh, in the FA Cup. But overall, I'd say that Newcastle, uh, they're they're finding their rhythm. I I think they've they played extremely well today, and I think they played well against Villa, against City. Uh, you probably watched more of this than I did, but yeah. I saw some highlights. I know they had some chances. Second half, they were much better against City. The first half, they barely were on the field. They were like a bunch of mannequins just standing in the box. But the second half, they were much better. I do want to. I mean. I love St. Maximin. I, I could watch that guy play all day. Just a fun player. Um, I still think Jolinton is terrible. Um, but I think that what you're seeing is the Newcastle players are trying to get some of that Saudi money. So they're trying to play really, really hard to make sure they hang around to collect. Yeah, I mean, I think Newcastle, I mean, they're not just a few players away from being uh, a very good team. But they, but they almost are. I mean, they have their defense decently figured out. I mm-hmm. think they have some quality back there. I think if they can get one or two good midfielders and a striker and maybe a winger, I, I think I'm, that's four out of the 11, so kind of a lot. But I think Newcastle are a team that's on the up and up right now. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I mean, we... We've you you know I liked Newcastle when Rafa was there. I thought they were a good team. Um, but and I thought that they were gonna. I kind of wished bad on them. I think at the beginning of this year, if I remember correctly. You did. I, I have been impressed with them. I think that they are a good team. I think there's some talent there. Very interested to see what happens with the takeover and how that affects us if it happens if it finally goes through. But um, I am. Overall, I can say that I, I think that they are a really solid team that's just a couple pieces away from maybe being able to take the step forward, at least to try to be at maybe the Wolves level where you can try mm. to fight to make it into Europe. I don't know if they will, but I hope to see that they could maybe get there. I think the Wolves level you're speaking of is is too high for even a, a lot of the great teams to achieve right now because Wolves are <laughs> that's true. Wolves are stunningly good. And uh, they uh, continue to to win. I don't think they've conceded a goal since the restart. They won one nothing uh, against Bournemouth during the week, and then they also won one nothing against Villa over the weekend. And they just continue to grind out games, and they do it in style when they win. I mean, Adama Traore, watching him play, it's like watching. Uh, a jacked-up version of St. Maximin. He's just so much fun. Raul Jimenez is so good. Their whole midfield is stacked. 
Wolves are a force. We say it every week. And um, I, I mean, if Leicester are going to fall out of that third spot, I think it might be Chelsea and Wolves that take those last two spots. I really would like, I would love to see Wolves make the Champions League. I've said, oh yeah, whether it's through this or through the Europa League, now that that's coming back to, I want to see Wolves make it. This is the type of team we need to see in the Champions League because they could they could cause some real issues for some big teams if they had to play them. So I'd love to see it. Yeah. Um, but where should we go to next, Jimmy? Do you think we should talk about Arsenal next? Yeah, I think it's time. We've jumped around a bit. We've avoided your boys. I think we need to dig into it because they had – Michael, they had a good week. They had a great week, Jimmy. Well, they I played. say good because they also re-signed David Luiz. So that starts your week off at like a negative 10. And then they had to climb out from there. Yeah, we haven't spoke since the City game about Arsenal. So they signed David Luiz, Cedric Suarez, the best right back in the world. Um, who else did they sign? Danny Pablo Ceballos extended. And Danny Ceballos extended, yeah. Um, and all that, fine, great. You want to sign a few players. No one understands the David Luiz thing, um, but whatever. We can use him somehow, some way. He's a utility guy, I guess, because we have no center backs at the current moment. Um, but the the biggest signing happened today, and that was Bakayo Saka signs a four-year deal. Thank God he is staying with the Arsenal because he is my my little star, and I love him. My little star. <laughs> He he is a great player. I was he was someone who I think any fan of another Premier League team was hoping was going to get into that last year of the deal, be somebody teams could try to sign in January of next year. But it does not look like it's happening. So, congratulations to Arsenal on keeping him. I hope he continues to develop because I I, I just love his game. Yeah, huge potential to be a star. But uh, let's just recap quickly the Arsenal versus Southampton game. They won 2-0, uh, a goalkeeping error, let Eddie Nketiah score a goal, and Joe Willock scored his first Premier League goal late in the game, um, which was produced basically from Jack Stevens denying Aubameyang the clearest goal-scoring opportunity there could be. Lacazette bangs a free kick off the wall, um, and then Joe Willock gets his goal, 2-0 Arsenal. Then over the weekend... Uh, I think this is the biggest one, actually, over the weekend. Arsenal advanced to the FA Cup semifinal. Yep. And they'll be playing Manchester City, which is very, very bad news. So we'll have to watch a game together again, which yep. <laughs> not looking forward to. Uh, <laughs> not because of you, just because I don't want to watch Arsenal lose 6 nothing. Um, but they grind out a, a late, late victory after not being able to defend balls in the air from Sheffield United with a... Danny Ceballos, masterful goal to end the game. 2-1 victory there. And then earlier today, we had a 4-0 thrashing of Norwich City, who are just completely dead. We had a goalkeeping error that led to a goal for Aubameyang. A Granite Xhaka goal? Another Aubameyang goal? And Jimmy, the the best right back in the world. He came on for about 20 minutes. He scored a goal instantly. Cedric Suarez, welcome to the team. Way to go, Cedric. Yeah, that new contract swagger, <laughs> that four year contract swagger. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I have no complaints about Arsenal this week. I'm just I'm I'm happy as can be. Um, and the biggest thing, I mean, if we took zero points this week, that would have sucked. But 
the biggest thing happened, which was signing Bakayo Saka to a four-year deal. That is, I can't overstate how incredibly important that is just for the team. I mean, he's been, uh, I'd say, the best young player in the Premier League. The best young player I've watched play in a long time. And I maybe am being biased, um, but I just can't get enough of this kid. And like you said, I just hope he continues to develop and fulfills that amazing potential that he has. So I'm very happy. Yeah, I, I would be very happy as well. I think he is uh he's a real talent. So I and I, I think he's at honestly I think he's at the perfect place for him. Um he's already shown that he's good enough to play and continue to play. So hopefully he does and I think he will uh have every chance he needs to excel. Yeah, and Arteta loves him. So he's he's got a spot in the team. But, Jimmy, who did we miss? Man City only played that one game this week where they lost. Um, Villa, let's, let's lump Villa and Norwich together because they just continue to lose and things aren't really good for them. Norwich are dead. Do we even have to talk about them anymore? We, 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 we don't. It's, it's done for Norwich. The race is run. Um, we'll be interesting to see what players uh, get poached and remain in the league. Uh, but generally speaking, Norwich, it, the party is over. Yeah. And Villa, like I said, they lost to Wolves. They drew Brighton. Uh, not Brighton. They drew Newcastle earlier in the week. And um, they... Villa are weird. They yeah, weird. I just don't... I don't want to give them death yet because they're not dead. And they're a good team. But they just don't win. They don't win when they have to. Yeah. Their team just doesn't get out of their own way a lot of the times either. They just always find a way to make it difficult. Yeah. And, um, I mean, Watford didn't have a great week either. They lost 3-1 to Southampton, and they lost 1-0 to Burnley. Uh, I yeah, mean, they're, not... kind of, they're back in the relegation battle for real now. Yeah. After they were pulled out by their bootstraps by Nigel Pearson, the king. <laughs> um, but... Uh, I'm, I'm like not that concerned about Watford. I've expressed this a few times and I, I don't know why, but I'm not really that worried about them. Yeah, I, I think we'll see. I mean, uh, I still think it's a possibility they could go down there just because I, I like I said, and I know what West Ham stink, but the talent of West Ham, I think is going to get them out of it. So I think it's really going to be, it's, I, I think Bournemouth Aston Villa and Wofford will be the three that really battle it out. Mm. We shall see. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of Watford, they played Burnley earlier this week. Burnley squeaked out a 1-0 victory over them, a Jay Rodriguez goal. And then later in the week, Burnley, uh, on Monday, they beat Crystal Palace 1-0 from a Ben Mee header. Mm-hmm. In a game that I didn't think they really deserved to win. Palace played well, but couldn't couldn't find the goal. Yep, goal scored by Ben Mee. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean Burnley. We all, we, we don't like Burnley anymore. Why, why are they doing good now that everybody doesn't like them? <laughs> Just how it works. The teams that shouldn't win always have to win. Um, but speaking of teams that probably should win, teams that I'm happy to see win, Jimmy Southampton are flying on the back of Danny Ings, the best striker in the world. Danny Ings. I, I love Danny Ings. <laughs> I love that he is just 
proven everybody wrong. Just everybody. Me everybody hated Yes, yeah, especially you. Quite frankly, you were very nasty towards him. <laughs> and he has made you eat your words repeatedly. It's true. Uh, well, I think he is second or third in the goal race right now. Only behind Aubameyang and Jamie Vardy for the golden boot. I, I hope he wins it. I yeah. hope he wins it. He came very close to scoring against Arsenal uh, in their 2-0 loss. Luckily, he didn't. But then he scored a brace against Watford. And, uh, I mean, Southampton, I'm so happy for them. You know how I feel about Ralph Hassan-Huddle. I think Southampton are a very good team. They're very well coached. I like a lot of players on that team, so I'm glad that they're going to be sticking around in the Premier League because last year there was some concern towards the end of the year for them. Yep, I agree with you. And Ings, by the way, he's one behind the lead. He has 18 right now. 18 goals for Danny Ings. Which is incredible. (laughs) Which is the greatest turnaround of any player I've seen in the Premier League. Yeah, that is just crazy. 18 goals, Danny Ings. And then I think the last two teams we didn't talk about yet, uh, well, we glossed over Palace. They lost 4-0 to Liverpool. And, oh, wow, we didn't talk about Liverpool yet either. It feels like we've covered 100 games already. Yeah. Um, we've been jumping around a bit. I mean, Palace, we did touch down them a bit. Um, not the best week. Yeah, no. <laughs> no goals. Um, played, like I said, played well against Burnley, but got nothing. Liverpool crushed them 4-0. I mean, when each goal in that Liverpool game was more impressive than the last. Um, <laughs> Trent Alexander-Arnold with his amazing free kick. Uh, Fabinho with his 30-yard missile. I mean, the champions doing what champions do. Yep, and that's the only game they played this week, too. Um, they play City tomorrow. Yes, yes, they do. Uh, that I'm excited to see that. I am. Um, even though it means nothing now, which is kind of a shame. But um, And then the other team, we didn't touch on Everton, and we probably should. Yes. Uh, Everton, after getting the nil-nil draw against Liverpool week back, Get a 1-0 victory over Norwich. Uh, rest in peace, Norwich again. Michael Keane <laughs> with the goal. And then Everton today getting the 2-1 victory over Leicester with Richarlison and Gilfie Sigurdsson with the penalty. You know what I'll wow. say about Everton, Jimmy? What? Well coached. Well coached. Hey, the eyebrows. The eyebrows yeah. have taken over. They've been impressive since he's joined. I mean, they've they've been so much better. They have. They still don't, like, 30-something percent possession today against Leicester. They do it in an interesting fashion. Um, but, and they're doing it, I love that they're doing it with a 4-4-2. I really do enjoy that. <laughs> um, uh, I, I mean, I just, Everton just getting it done. I mean, there is, this is a good team. We've said it all year that, you know, this team should be performing better than they have. And I think Ancelotti's done a good job of writing the ship there. I agree with that. Uh, I do want to see more of Everton. I haven't got to watch them play a ton. But uh, Tottenham also, I think, is the last team we didn't cover. They played one game this week, or did they play two? They only oh, played, they played one. All right, and they beat West Ham. West Ham, yeah, 2 now. Yeah, and Harry Kane scored after Jose Mourinho went on his rant about how he makes strikers incredible. Yeah. Um, so good on Harry Kane for joining that list of incredible strikers that Jose Mourinho has made an incredible striker. And and they do play tomorrow against Sheffield. So yes. that's their next game. 
Um, and they are fighting for their chance to make top four. I, I think it looks highly unlikely as they sit on 45 points, which is nine behind Chelsea. And more importantly, it puts them seven points behind Manchester United and Wolves. So I think it is unlikely that they make top four. How the table is right now is pretty close to how I think it's going to end, except for Chelsea are going to be in third, Wolves in fourth. And then, I mean, I think Arsenal and Wolves and United are all going to finish above the Tottenham. I think that's fair. I think that makes sense to me. Yeah, I, I'm not buying into Jose Mourinho at Spurs at all. I, I don't think it's a good fit. I, I'm interested to see what the uh, what the transfer window brings out for Jose there. I am very interested by that. Yeah, and to see if they keep uh, Ndombele after yeah. one year should be insane. But uh, but Jimmy, let's let's bang out some predictions, shall we? Yes, we shall. So right. we can start tomorrow with Tottenham on cue playing Sheffield. Yep. Uh, I think a 1-1 draw is in order here. Sheffield are going to right the ship a little bit. I, I have to disagree. I'm going 2-0 Tottenham. Mm. And Jimmy, let me ask you this one first. Man City versus Liverpool at 3.15 tomorrow. <sighs> this is a tough one. City don't have much to play for. Obviously, Liverpool don't either outside of the pride of now. You know, they're now the champions. They beat the former champions. But I actually think I'm going to pick City in a 3-1 victory. And I realize that's probably not going to happen. (laughs) I'm going to go 3-1 the opposite way. Liverpool are going to dismantle that sad little defense that Manchester City have been trying out there. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And Manchester City are going to have to clap them out and present them with the guard of honor and going to put on a nice show for the fans at home tomorrow. And on Saturday, we have Norwich. Sick. (laughs) On Saturday, we have Norwich versus Brighton. I am going to go Brighton 1-0. 2-0 Brighton. Sorry, Norwich. Uh, Leicester City versus Palace. I'm thinking 2-2. I think Palace finally gets some goals. I think Leicester need to win so, so badly. 1-0 Leicester City. Ooh. And then Man U versus Bournemouth. Bad time for Bournemouth to run into United. I have a 3-1 <laughs> United win. Yeah, I'll say 3-0 United. I think this is such an easy game for United. And then this one, I think, is the match of the weekend. Uh, it's Wolves versus Arsenal at 12.30 on Saturday. I have a 2-1 Wolves victory. Like, now that Arsenal are winning, I don't want to pick against them. <laughs> but I know what the correct answer is here. It's Wolves are going to beat Arsenal. Uh, do I think Wolves keep another clean sheet? No. I'll say 2-2, just because I don't want to pick Arsenal to lose. Um, but I, I think, think this fair. is going to be, if it's 2-2 and Arsenal get anything from this game, I'll be shocked. Um, that being said, I won't not be disappointed when they inevitably lose. Uh, <laughs> Chelsea versus Watford. I'm going to think Chelsea get it right. 2-0 Chelsea win. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with 2-0. And then on Sunday, we have Burnley versus Sheffield. Oh, my God. This is my get it right game for Sheffield. I have a 2-1 Sheffield victory. 
This is a nil-nil, Jimmy. This is just oh, an ugly game. A lunch pail derby. Nil-nil. <laughs> and uh, we also have Newcastle versus West Ham. 2-2. Two, two. Ooh, this is nil-nil too. <laughs> oh, gross. And then we have back, Liverpool, back. And, Liverpool and Villa. Um, I have a 2-0 Liverpool victory. 4-0 Liverpool. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say, I think Liverpool start playing some of the kids. I think the, the guy with the terrible ponytail is that Harvey Elliott gets to play in this game. <laughs> the ponytail man. Uh, and then we have Southampton versus City. This is this. I, I'm going to say, that, and, and with the youth, I think we're going to see young Jaden Braff actually play for City in this game. If he's allowed to yet, I'm not sure if he's cleared by his like quarantine yet. But if he is, he's going to play. He's going to score. Four-one City victory. Ooh, this is a two-two. Danny Ings brace. Sorry oh, uh, 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 did I say? What did I say? Did I say four-nil? I say four-one. I changed it to four-one. Danny Ings is going to score. No uh, doubt in my mind, he will score if he's playing against Odomendia Stones. Hundred uh, percent. And then we have on Monday Spurs versus Everton at three p.m. I am 2-1 Everton. 2-1 Everton. I like, that, I like that pick a whole lot. Um, I think this is a 1-1 draw, though, or a 2-2 draw. I'll, I'll officially change that to 2-2. I think we're going to see a, a good, fun game, but I don't think we get a winner. And then on Tuesday, I think this should be the last uh, day that we go, and yeah. hopefully we'll be able to record a little bit earlier next week. So let's go Watford versus Norwich. I'm going to go Watford 1-0. I think this is a crucial game for them. 2-0 Watford. I, I agree with you that they definitely need to win this. Uh, and then Palace versus Chelsea. 1-0 Chelsea. 3-0 Palace. Fuck Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last game is actually... Maybe the second best. The second best of this week. Um, Arsenal versus Leicester City. I am going to go 2-1 Arsenal victory. I think, not even being a homer, I think Arsenal are going to beat Leicester City. I like 2-1 as well. I think this is going to be a very, very difficult game. But I think we're going to be able to best Leicester City. Especially at home. But, Jimmy, I think... That brings us to the end of this podcast. So Yeah, I think it's a good place to end it. We got a lot of games that we covered. Um, we got a lot of games coming up over the weekend, early next week. So we're going to have to try and be back earlier next week than we were this week. Mm-hmm. And why don't you hit them with the plugs? Yes, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Soccer Mostly. Email us, MostlySoccerShow at gmail.com. Can leave us a five star review. Uh, we appreciate that. And I'm gonna end it the same way I did last time and say, five star review. They help. And I can't remember my joke. Cut it out, Michael. I fucked oh, it up at the end. You will keep it. Uh, uh, and we will see you it. next week. <laughs> Great. Thank you, everybody. All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>